Hey, everybody, welcome back to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. You can see me and none of the other usual crew because they have like jobs or something. Uh, joining me right now, I'm really, really excited to have Derek Bell on. Derek has been a contributor for us uh, at SteelCityBlitz.com, and he's also now a contributor with uh, SI.com. And uh, is just a guy who grinds and grinds and grinds on this draft stuff and does a fantastic job. Derek, it's great to have you here. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing great. It's nice to nice to make it on the pod. I'm excited excited to talk some ball. It's been a, a exciting couple of weeks for uh, NFL draft stuff, Steelers stuff, NFL stuff. So I'm excited to get rolling. Yeah, it has been nuts, especially in about the last uh, what 24 or 48 right. hours. Um, things have changed dramatically. But uh, uh, you had a chance to go to the combine. You were in Indianapolis last week. Um, and I, I I saw one of your your tweets. You were talking about just your appreciation, the way everybody was there, just like you. You know, you, you kind of have a dream to follow. This is what you want to do, and you saw everybody else kind of grinding. What was your overall takeaway from being at the combine? Yeah, man. Um, I think you can really tell as the week goes on. You know, the first day there's quarterbacks there, and it's like you know a media frenzy. And then it kind of dies off a little bit each day by day, you know, not just because, I mean, everybody's got stuff, places to be, stuff to do, but uh, media kind of starts to fade out a little bit. But you can really get a feel for, like, a lot of the grinders, man, like a lot of the people that really put in work to put Mm -hmm. in a lot of great content. And and I just – I have a lot of respect for that, man. And then just um, on a personal level, like, I got to have – conversations with guys I've really looked looked up to for a long Mm -hmm. time in this business uh guys like Brandon Thorne I had like a 15 minute conversation with him he's very gracious with his time um I've learned pretty much everything about pass rushing and offensive line play from him so it was really cool to get him to talk to me and then other guys like you know Jordan Reed who's now at the ESPN I got to have a conversations with him and Teron Davenport who's with the ESPN there's a lot of guys that have been doing this thing especially from my angle, like more of the film work type mm-hmm. stuff, um, to see that was really, really awesome. It, it, it's great to hear that those guys were willing to give a few minutes because, you know, they're on deadlines and and, and they're, they're guys that have to get stuff published and stuff too. So uh, it, it is good for those of us in this community and certainly the specific community of draft work that, that they're doing that for you. So that, that's great to hear. Um, as far as the players, because people tuning into this show, they want to know who you liked, who you didn't like, and, and certainly for the black and gold here. Um, you mentioned the quarterbacks. It's widely known this isn't a great draft class for quarterbacks. What did you come away with talking to these guys and, and then watching them on the field? Um, I came away, so I wasn't in um, my media stuff was I was at Ritter's podium the whole time. And then I Mm -hmm. saw a little bit of Willis, but the other quarterbacks I wasn't directly in front of Mm -hmm. Um, Ritter's impressed me because I knew that he was widely considered a leader, had a very charismatic personality. I thought his interview was fantastic. You can just mm-hmm. tell that this kid played a lot of ball and he's going to do very well in his right. interviews with clubs. Um, and Willis, the same thing. He has kind of like a Najee type of personality. Um, I think maybe not as 
bubbly, but kind of like the same sort of personality, in my opinion. Um, but like watching those guys on the field, I thought that um, I thought that Ritter had some moments mm-hmm. in the individual workouts that were good. But I, it's hard when you watch Willis throw the football compared to everyone else. The ball explodes off this dude's hand. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's really incredible to watch because um, there's just only a select few guys, I think, even in the league that can really make the ball pop off his hands like that. And it's, it's awesome just to see that um, it's, it's very not comparable to other guys in this class, in my opinion. It is when I watch his motion, you, you know, a lot of guys that, that have a rocket arm like that, you, you automatically, you start looking a little bit at the motion and the mechanics and stuff. And, you know, where's he getting his power? Is this an all arm guys? He got great hips. I mean, what do you see when you watch him throw the football? So I think Willis, for the most part, when everything's good, I think it's exactly what you want. I mean, there's he does generate a lot of power from his lower half. Like he mm-hmm. does, um, he does do that. A lot of torque from his hips, but um, on throws where it is just all arm, I mean, you still see the velocity, which is kind right. of the best of both worlds. Um, the thing with Willis is, you know, there's a lot of mechanical issues um, with him. His lower body and upper body are rarely ever connected yeah. on a series yeah. of plays in a row, um, which is troublesome. And then just for Willis, his projection to the pros, it's going to be tough for him if he does have to play as a rookie. I, I wouldn't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He is so far behind from being able to process at an NFL level. Um, it's like, I think he's a smart player and he will get it. Um but he's just not there yet, man. He he really doesn't understand leverages very well from mm-hmm. like player to player relationship. And I also think the offense that he was in um, didn't help his development as much this mm-hmm. year. And mm-hmm. his supporting cast was uh, was abysmal. Uh, the yeah. offensive line's terrible at Liberty. He doesn't play with anyone else that's going to play professional football there. The receivers couldn't separate. So like they were literally relying on him to run around and make miracles, which I don't think was great for his development. I, I watched his tape of Ole Miss a couple of times, and and he reminded me of a guy that uh, – it. well, I, I hate to use the reference, but I will. It reminded me of Adam Sandler in the remake of Longest Yard when, when he decides he's just going to run the ball, helmet flies off because the guys aren't going to block for him because they're pissed off at him. That, that's what I saw with Willis in that game. He had to do everything. And, and, you know, if you are scouting that, you've got to be able to separate and say, I can see this guy at the NFL level because he's playing with people who will never be at the NFL level. Do you find that hard to do? It, it is hard to do. I, I, I think it's very hard to separate the, because when you go into his film, he struggled towards the end of last year. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a couple just awful games, even against bad competition. But you have to look at it. Um, from the other side and just understand that he's not got the supporting cast like he doesn't have a guy like Jordan Addison like Kenny Pickett has you know he doesn't have um, a guy even like Lane Kiffin some of the like the offensive structure that he presented for Matt Corral like mm-hmm. Willis didn't have that not Hugh Freeze is a good offensive mind but yeah different offense and um, he just doesn't have like Carson Strong has you know Cole Turner and Romeo Dubs like mm-hmm. he just doesn't have those guys to really lean on I think that's it's it's hard to separate sometimes um but for Willis, it's just everything just has to slow down for him. Um, really, mental processing is the biggest concern for me. And I think if he does that, like, you have the potential to get a really good player. So you, you mentioned Kenny Pickett, of course, um, very popular in the Pittsburgh area for, for obvious reasons. Um, what did you see out of him uh, uh, 
when you got a chance to watch him on the field. Yeah, so Pickett's a guy, just like the same thing I said before the senior bowl, Pickett's not a guy that's going to wow you in those types of settings where, you mm-hmm. know, guys are in shorts. Doesn't have the crazy arm, you know, the small hands, whatever. You know, not a factor in Indianapolis, obviously. But um, right. he just doesn't have the crazy arm. He's not going to wow you away and just blow you away. Where Pickett is going to help himself is a little bit like Ritter. They've both played a lot of ball. Like yeah. Pickett's, you know, a five-year player in college, played a lot of ball, done a lot of things. Um, and you saw that growth um, in his fifth year. Um, he's really accurate. You know, he's very, very much mobile enough. I think he might have surprised some people at the 40 that he ran, but I was mm-hmm. thinking that he's going to run under 4.7. That's a good time for him. Um, you know, I, there's a lot to like with Pickett. The only the only thing for me is um, I do think you get a, a limited ceiling. I, I wonder yeah. if Pickett is your selection in round one. I think you'll get better immediate results from him than you will from a guy like Willis. Yeah. But I do think that when it comes year four and you pick up that fifth year option, I wonder if like a lot of people in the fan base are going to be like, I wonder if we could get something a little bit better, you know, it, yeah. like yeah. Pickett, Pickett to me reminds me a lot of Derek Carr. Um, I think he's got that sort of ceiling, which is probably within like the 10th or 16th best quarterback in the league at any given mm-hmm. time. I think Carr is a little better arm, but um you know, I think he's that type of player. And I just wonder, you know, it, you have to decide for yourself if that's worth the first round pick or not. So if, if you're Kevin Colbert right now and and both of those guys just, let's say, are sitting there at 20, I, I, I mean, of course, Kevin Colbert might not even be thinking quarterback right now. You know, he, he, he might have already decided we're rolling with Rudy, we'll bring in a free agent, um, and and we're going to rebuild this offensive line and, and some other areas. But I, I what, do you, what would you do in that situation if, if you had your choice between the two? So I'm very much on the team no quarterback train still. Um, I would not take one at 20. I really wouldn't. Same here. If you're, if you're going to, I would take Willis. And this is like – this is really where you just have to decide where your ideologies lie. And for mm-hmm. me, if I'm taking a quarterback, I'm taking big swings. I, I don't – for me, I don't have – I don't see as much value – in terms of having the 16th best quarterback, as maybe other people do. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. If, I, if I'm right. taking a quarterback in round one, I want to get a guy that's got top 10 potential. Now, Willis, as I mentioned, he's not ready as a rookie. You throw him out there right. as a rookie, he is going to struggle, and you're going you're to have yeah. a lot of upset fans that are going to be like, man, well, this dude's not who he thought he was. Mm-hmm. He does not need this play early on. But um, I think, you know, with the right people developing your quarterback, you look at – I know the Josh Allen comps have been running crazy. For one, Allen's an alien, so I wouldn't compare people to him. But <laughs> he is. I also would say that, like, you look at the things that Buffalo did for him, bringing mm-hmm. in Tim Dorsey, um, Brian Dable. You know, Buffalo had an excellent infrastructure to they accelerate his development, and that's what you need with Willis because he needs to develop and he needs time. Yeah, I, I think it's a great point. I'm with you. I don't think this is the time to draft a quarterback. I think there's too many other things. And let's move on to those things, which may be offensive line. Um, I don't I don't know if you're of the opinion that, you know, they might want to go tackle first. Will they go center? Maybe they go guard. I, I mean, who, who were some of the linemen that you – the offensive linemen that you were just like, okay, this guy's a stud? Um. I mean, I think I think Linderbaum's got he's he's a really good player. Um, yeah. I know the NFL has seen its fair share of like smaller, faster, but not long centers that have failed, mm-hmm. Garrett, Garrett Bradbury, things like that. But 
Leonard Bob's a really good player, man. Like if you if you want to run a bunch of outside zone and get your guys out in space, great player. Um, and now if you're going to ask to run a ton of power, I think you're going to be a little disappointed. Really short mm-hmm. arms, not a very like doesn't have that mauler type of mentality. Um, if it's a guard, you know, Zion Johnson was a guy who really impressed me in the interviews. He had an informal uh, with the Steelers at the combine. He had met with them and Mike Tomlin, everybody at the mm-hmm. senior bowl. They're going to be very interested in him. I think. Um, yeah, I think so. Too. Very well. Kenyon greens, another guy, both green and Johnson have played a ton of positions and a ton of ball in college. Uh, Johnson played in multiple different offenses, um, which is always good to see green played four different positions along his offensive line. Um, and then as far as like tackles, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Charles Cross. I, I don't, I don't understand. Like there's some people that have Charles Cross outside the top 20. I think he's a top 10 player all day long. He's an elite pass protector, played mm-hmm. Leach's offense where he was on an Island for 70 snaps a game where they're just throwing the ball all over the yard. Great point. Um, I think his skill set could potentially give you like one of the best left tackles in football um, down the road. So I, I'm a huge fan of his. A guy that I was really excited about the Steelers meeting was Tyler Smith from Tulsa. Um, mm-hmm. Some people are saying that he may move inside to guard. Um, he played left tackle for them. Right. A lot of people talk about pinning and his mentality and his just physical toolbox. Smith's got all of that stuff, in my opinion, I think an even higher ceiling. I would keep him really? on the outside. Um He's a dominant run blocker when he wants to be. Um, he's still got work to do as a as a pass blocker, but he's got huge arms. He's a really good athlete. He's like this ball of clay that you can mold into whatever it is you want at right. tackle. Or And then he gives you that floor like pinning does. Like if they do fail at tackle, you can move them inside the guard and you're going to have a really good player. So, Yeah, I, I'm fascinated by this entire group offensive linemen. I, I, and I'm equally as fascinated to see what – the Steelers approaches, um, you know, are, are they still sold on Kendrick green? Are they ready to, to move away from that? I mean, there's so many fascinating uh, aspects of that. Uh, just a reminder, everybody, you are listening to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated of South Florida deck serves Broward in the Southern Palm beach counties, whether it's commercial industrial residential multifamily or condos contact deck roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Uh, man, okay, where to go next? Uh, running backs. I, I think they're going to draft a running back somewhere in this draft. I don't know if it's day two or day three, but I, I get the feeling they're going to. Any Anybody in that particular area that you liked? Man, they didn't have a lot of in- – I was, I was hoping the same thing as you. Um, yeah. A guy like um, – a guy like Brian Robinson was a guy that I thought if he made it to round four, I thought they should pull the trigger on that similar bill to Najee and mm-hmm. uh, a really good player. Uh, but they didn't have, they didn't show any interest in him at the combine. Um, I talked to him for a little while. Um, both of the Georgia running backs, we talked to them. Uh, wasn't much there. Um, a guy that I talked to on one of the side podiums, like a really late day three guy, Pierre Strong um, yeah. Yeah. from South Dakota State. They did meet with him informally. Um, I haven't got around to fully watching his tape, but mm-hmm. I wa- I have watched enough to know that I think he's a solid player. Um, some people are saying like he could be this year's, you know, Elijah Mitchell, where he could really thrive oh, yeah, in the right yeah. system, especially if it's zone heavy. So um, I'm looking forward to diving in a little bit more in his tape. But man, honestly, they didn't show a ton of um, interest in a running back, which is 
probably not what some people want to hear do, or maybe it is, do you get the know. feeling do you get the feeling maybe that that indicates they might be looking free agent route it could it very well yeah. could i i don't know how you would run it back with benny and kalen balaj but i mean I, the <laughs> other part of that um the other part of that is that you absolutely have they have to get it through their heads that Najee can no longer you can't ask him to play 86 percent of the snaps or whatever he did no. last year he's totally playing agree. like 10% more snaps than any running back in football. I mean, it's it's ridiculous that they're the only team in the NFL still operating with this uh, philosophy. And it, like you just saw Najee kind of at the end of the season, a lot of bumps and bruises. And that's you know, oh, when you touch the ball 400 it, times, that's what happens. His durability was amazing. I never dreamed he'd make it the whole season. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and he did. So more power to him. Um, as far as receivers, I, I mean, it's no secret the Steelers are in the market for some wide receivers. And again, this is another deep wide receiver draft. It seems we say that every year. Um, guys that stood out to you uh, when, in Indy? Yeah, so for I – w- I was intrigued by the Garrett Wilson formal interview. I, I was intrigued by that. Um, I don't think he's in play for the Steelers. They're not going to take one in round one, and I'm not even con- – right. Wilson's my wide receiver one. I don't think he even makes it to 20. Um, guys that really make sense, um, in my opinion – Christian Watson, he's a guy I really like. Sky Moore, I, I, if you're going to start a list, there's always that list of like 12 guys going into the draft, and you're like, one or two of these guys is 1,000% going to be a stealer. Uh, Moore's yeah. on that list. Um, he has a relationship with the Tomlin family. He was roommates yep. with his son. Uh, really good interview. Um, and then, you know, you look at other guys that they looked at, like Jahan Dodson. Um, I thought it was very interesting that, like, during the receiver drills, like if you actually watch the gauntlet and some other uh, – mm-hmm. some other drills Dodson and Moore were like the two standouts they look the most natural catching the football just because both of their player profiles you watch them on tape both just smooth operators you know they are. I, that's what I love about both of their games um so yeah I I, I think I anticipate they're going to take a receiver day two and may, mm-hmm. it may be at 52 um but it's a it's a really good class it's a deep class um with a lot of different kind of flavors for whatever you want yeah, absolutely, and and uh, you you mentioned Sky Moore. He, he played college football literally uh, ten minutes from from where I'm sitting right now. So I got to see a lot of him at Western Michigan, and um, yeah, just a tremendous player. And uh, what have you seen his quarterback at all, Caleb Ellaby, who, who's also in the draft? So I have. I actually asked. I asked more about what I asked about a, a theoretical reunion with right. him and in Pittsburgh, and he was telling me he was like, "Man, it'd be a dream come true, obviously, to play in Pittsburgh sure. and for things to come full circle." But to do it with Caleb would be, you know, really special. Yeah. And I've talked with Kay, I talked with Caleb very briefly before the NFL Combine, um, and maybe I'll have some contact with him after too. But. Um, both good, both good players, and uh, yep. by all accounts, great people too. Um, but I haven't had a chance to study Ellaby a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I've watched two or three games. He operates a lot of RPOs. I mean, that's that's yep. his game. Very accurate, yep. good release, um, pinpoint accuracy on RPO throws. I mean, him and Moore made people look silly on that. So yeah. um, good player. Uh, te- didn't test extremely well, which I didn't think he would um if you're going to take a flyer on day three i mean lb has a chance to be you know a backup quarterback for a long time in my opinion and that's kind of exactly why i asked you about him uh because i can see him being that flyer on day three mm-hmm. um you know add that extra body to the quarterback room see what you get and if you don't get anything then okay you didn't waste that's much to do it 
defensive side of the ball. Uh, the Steelers do not have a great history of drafting cornerbacks. Um, so that leads many people to think, ah, we're just going to go free agent route. But, man, there's some really good cornerbacks uh, who, who stood out for you as somebody so, who would fit in Pittsburgh. So I definitely agree. This is the best cornerback class, I think, from top to bottom that I've, like, ever evaluated. And I've been, wow. do, I've been like, doing my own draft stuff since, like, 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this class, both at the top and the depth. Um you know, they had formals with guys like Andrew Booth, who I've had Andrew Booth as my cornerback one for a long time. Um, love that kid. Great change of direction. The twitch is just insane. Uh, body control while he's in the air. Knows how to use the sideline. I mean, he's he's an excellent player. Um, I would run that card up to the podium if he's there. At 20. <laughs> I, there's, there's literally no one else on the board that would, like, really make me even consider that twice. Um but, you know, there was a lot of guys. They have a type at corner. You know, they didn't show any interest in the, Was- in the Washington boys, which kind of upset me a little bit because I like both of their tape. Mm-hmm. Um, the one interesting name, man, that I've had it. He's been on my mind all week because I've been going back and watching film on him the last couple of days is Kyrie Elam from Florida. Uh, yeah. Guy who's about 6'1 and a half, 190. Uh, came in a little lo- – not as long as people were anticipating, but um, – for a bigger corner, a taller corner like that, excellent feet. Loves to play press man, can get up in people's face. Um, mirror ability is incredible and really loose hips. Um, that's kind of where he makes his mark, and he's going to play a lot of press in the, at the next level. That 4.39.40, I didn't know. I didn't think he was that fast. Ooh, um, I didn't either. Because a lot of people were saying like 4.5. That was the big question mark because he does get stacked sometimes on deep routes easily. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. But the thing with him, man, is, and I've told people this, I've been talking to a lot of, uh, like, draft people about him specifically. Elam, you just got to get him locked in, man. Uh, I've said that over and over. Like, I think the kid's really freaking talented. I don't know if he has the ceiling of, like, Booth or Stingley, but he can be a quarterback one for a team, but you just got to get him more focused. Like, when he was playing Jamison Williams, he was on P's and Q's. I mean, this kid was unbelievable. Had Had a couple teach tape reps. But yeah. then I go watch him. I'll go watch him in other games. I mean, he's not even getting set before the ball snapped. I mean, it's just it's bizarre. Yeah. Um, the consistency just it really needs to improve with him. Yeah, and that's I, I mean, if I'm a coach scout watching that, that's for you to pick up on that too. I mean, that's a red flag to me. You know, not that it can't be coached, um, but I, I would notice that, and I'd be hesitant um, because of that. So as a um, corner, yeah. as a corner, people will get. You know, in the SEC, you're going to get all these big names. You're going to, you know, you're going to see the Devontae Smiths, the Jameson Williams, John Mechies from yeah. Bama, and then you're going to go to some of these other schools um, and get a lot of really talented receivers. It's just at the NFL, everybody's that talented, and that's the difference. Yeah. Um, Every week. You know, if you're, it doesn't matter how good you are or how good you think you are. And Elam comes off as a very confident player on the field mm-hmm. and in interviews, which is great because you want that in a corner. But you have to understand that, you know, even your fourth or fifth best wide receivers in the league, they were really, really good in college. So, like, they're, they're better than your average Joe, and they'll run right by you if you're not really focused and locked in. So, That's, yeah, no, it's a great point. Yeah. Um, th- obviously, this team needs serious help at linebacker, too. Um, I, I'm not real sure what to make of the linebacker class yet. Uh, w- what's your take on it? Love it. <laughs> I, love it. I love it, man. I, 
I think um, this is one of my, I don't know if it's the best, but it's definitely one of my favorite linebacker classes ever. Mm-hmm. Um, Devin Lloyd was one of the most fun players I've watched on tape in a long time. Lloyd reminds me of not saying he'll get to this level, but from a right. stylistic comparison, he reminds me of Darius Leonard. Um, the length mm-hmm. and the ability to run sideline to sideline. I know he didn't test great, but it really doesn't worry me. Like the length shows up in the run game and it shows up yeah. in the passing lanes. He got better as a cover guy as, the, as his career went on. Um, and he has a unique skill set already to rush the passer. Like I think that's what people are sleeping on. Um, he's got some diff- he's got some advanced pass, pass rush moves for um, an inside linebacker. Yeah. Then you look at guys like on day two, like, you know, Darian Beavers, um, you know, Brandon Smith from Penn State's a freak athlete. Christian Harris mm-hmm. – Bama is a really interesting cover guy, even though I think he has bad eyes in the run game. My favorite player, I think, that just looks like a Steeler man, I think he's he's one of my favorite prospects in the draft, is Leo Chanel from Wisconsin. That kid is an absolute wrecking ball in the run game. I think he's the best. <laughs> I think behind Jordan Davis, I think he plays the run better than anyone else in the class, regardless of position. Wow. Um, wow. Stack and shed monster. I mean, this kid's going to come in and transform – your run defense by himself. I mean, he's that good. And a bunch of people were saying he wasn't a good athlete. I really disagreed with that over the past couple of weeks. And then what he did at the combine, he absolutely blew it up. And then did the agilities yesterday at his pro day, looked fantastic. He has a 10 RAS score. Um, awesome, awesome player. And I, I really do, if you're looking for a guy who no one's talking about, may go first mm-hmm. round, Chanel may go first round. Bad well, linebacker. I- in the in the past couple of years, I've went first round, and I don't know why he couldn't. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that: is is he a guy that suddenly is in the discussion at twenty? So, like, I didn't see no no Tomlin or Colbert there at his pro days. So mm-hmm. That kind of makes mm-hmm. me think probably not. But I, I do. Yeah. Um, I tweeted this out like a week or so ago. I was like, Chanel's going to be a Steeler. I mean, he had a, a formal interview with the Steelers. Right, it went very well. I talked to him for a long period of time in Indianapolis, um, but I don't. He may have honestly tested his way out of that range at fifty-two, and mock draft mm-hmm. simulators are still putting him in like the the late third round. I'm just right. like it's not going to happen, guys. It's just not going to no, happen. No, so. no. Uh, what uh, What do you think of uh, uh, Chad Muma from Wyoming? It's a little bit different of a player. I think he's got a better, um, you know. Chanel wasn't asked to do a lot in coverage, but I think there's mm-hmm. some reps that get me pretty encouraged about his um, projection to the next level. Muma has more experience and I think better reps in coverage. So I think he mm-hmm. has that to his advantage. Um, Noah and I were talking about him in Indianapolis and I, he was a guy that I really need to go back and look, watch a little bit more tape on him Same to give here. a better opinion. Um, but I'm a, a good player though. I think he's got a, he's got a high floor I'm not sure about the ceiling, but um, mm-hmm. definitely, definitely a good player. And um, the team needs some depth on the edge. So, are there edge guys that that you could see as late day two, uh, day three guys? Yeah, the the edge depth. I mean, I talked about corner might be the mm-hmm. best overall. The draft class, I think, for draft people is a little underwhelming up top. But I think right. this this is the best edge class that I've seen too. Like edge and corner are the two positions where I, it's as good as it's ever been, in my opinion, um, up top and the depth. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that I was a little bit surprised with that they had interest in, but I was happy about was Nick Bonito from Oklahoma. So if you guys haven't seen him, yeah, um, 
that dude's get off is unreal. I mean, you talk yeah. about, you know, there's a lot of freaks in the first round, you know, Ajabo and Kayvon Thibodeau. I think Bonito's get off is as good as anybody's in this class. Um, he's a smaller guy. They had him listed at like 229, but he came in almost like 240 and he, he carried the weight really well in testing. Mm-hmm. He tested like a Steelers edge. He looks like a Steelers edge. The thing that's really intriguing about Bonito is that he's a speed guy, but the short area quickness and the burst and change of direction skills, he kills offensive tackles with counters. I mean, these kids, he's got stutters, uh, right. crossway swims. I mean, he, because tackles consistently have to overset and compensate for his speed and his get off, he just murders people on inside counter. So um, yeah, he yep. really, he needs to get better at defending the run, but they didn't ask. They, they run a lot of those slants, which the Steelers do too. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't ask him to good set point. the edge, but he's not very good at it because he's, he needs to get stronger in his lower half and he needs to learn how to use his hands. If this kid learns how to use his hands while he's rushing the passer, he's, he's got the capability of being a double digit sack guy at the next level. Well, he ends up in Pittsburgh. He's going to have some pretty good guys to learn from. Yeah. Uh, on, on everything revolving uh, stopping the run and, the, and and pass rushing. Uh, before I get you out of here, uh, Derek, um, the defensive line, you know, I, I know uh, I, I still can't get some of the images of guys like Jordan Davis and, and uh, some of these guys from the, the things that they did this weekend. It was just ridiculous. A person 347 pounds doing what he was doing is, is insane. Uh, who who, who uh, did you like this weekend? Yeah, I mean, Davis and Wyatt are both like made in a lab, man. I, I, yeah, I knew that Davis was going to test better than I think you know a lot of people were willing to admit. But uh, man, those numbers were absolutely freaky. Uh, and Wyatt, he's he's a freak too. You look at Trayvon Walker, who's a freak. The craziest thing about Georgia is like they got three guys on their defensive line that are in Indy testing like that, and they're all going to be you know first round picks and the best player on their defensive line isn't even draft eligible. Uh, (laughs) Jalen Carter is going to be a top 10 pick next year. And that kid, you haven't watched that kid. That kid is a monster. Um, But yeah, I mean, I was happy that they got a formal interview with uh, Perry on Winfrey from Oklahoma too. He's another guy. So if you want to watch him and Bonito, he's got to look at, I think they played him a little bit out of position at times. They played him at nose. I like him more as like a three tech defensive end mm-hmm. that slides mm-hmm. inside on sub package football. But um, really good short area quickness, good get off. Um, you know, I think I think he's a good player. Um, they they also met with um, just some other defensive line type edge yeah. guys that they met with later. Uh, John Ridgeway and Trey Williams, both from Arkansas. Those are going to be yeah. like late day three guys. Um, you you turn on Arkansas and those two guys play 100 miles an hour all the time. Yeah, big. I know Ridgeway's a guy I've watched. Big motor on that guy. Yeah, and and they play. Uh, Ridgeway actually grew up. He told he told me this uh, in Indy. He grew up a couple miles from Kendrick Green, so he knows him very well. Um, Not real. Uh, but there's there's a lot there that um, in terms of just effort and you know I think Williams has he's still figuring some stuff out on his position. He's a little bit of a tweener. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he's, he's an interesting player too. He's a fun interview too, but, uh, both those guys, I think makes sense if you wait until day three to kind of address that. Right. Right. Uh, before I get you out of here, um, what, uh, what did you learn about Indianapolis? Did you get over to St. Elmo's and get a steak? So I, I didn't get a chance to go to St. Elmo's <laughs> cause I was, I was commuting. Uh, everybody else went, went over there. Uh, 
with me. I, I will say um, my main takeaway from Indianapolis, uh, they have a very strong recommendation from me as far as keeping the combine there. Absolutely. I, I know the NFL wants the revenue and they want to drive this like as a bidding war for the combine, but man, Indy is perfect for, for, is. What, for what that setting is. Um, you know, the conference room, just the, having the conference center um, attached basically to Lucas Oil for easy access. They had, you know, a, a huge work room for the media to, you know, go in there and grind out articles like during breaks or before and after like interview sessions with prospects. Um, the podiums were all set up fairly good. There were some technical issues sometimes, but it, it was just fantastic to go to. Everything was very well put together, and I, I really hope it stay. Hope it stays in Indianapolis. I, I do too. It's Indy is if anybody that's listening, if you've never been there, um, it is one of the best laid out, you know, big cities in America. It, you can walk everywhere. Um, everything connects. It's just a great, great town for something like this. And I, I know Jerry Jones wants the the combine and other people do too. And I, I really hope they keep it there. But like you said, the revenue always wins out for you yeah. know obvious reasons. Hey, uh, Derek, we're going to let you go, man. I really, really appreciate it. It's been good uh, getting an opportunity to talk to you and we will uh, definitely do this again before uh, maybe sure. before the draft and definitely before the season too. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, anytime y'all need me to hop on, I'm, I'm always willing to talk ball. So I uh, appreciate, appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very of, much. Of course. And uh, follow uh, Derek on Twitter at Steelers underscore DB. Um, and again, he he does stuff for us, but he also does stuff for SI.com too. So definitely check him out. He is an up and comer in the field. All right. We will be back a little bit later with our regularly scheduled broadcast, if you will. And so for now, this is Steel Dad signing off on the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated.